Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Skin Special, the show where we discover the products and treatments my dermatologist in Gangnam loves and where I spill the tea on all things Korean skincare in Seoul's beauty industry. So, if that sounds like your thing, make sure you subscribe so you can join a very special community on here and never miss an episode. I'm your host, Lisa. I'm a skincare marketer. And if you're already a special returning listener, it will mean the absolute world to me if you could rate the podcast on Spotify or leave a really short review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes 30 seconds to do it on Spotify, but it really supports me in producing the show because in the world of podcasting, reviews really help listeners like you discover the show. To rate on Spotify, simply go to the show page, click the three dots right next to the settings wheel, and leave however many stars you wish, of course, five-star reviews will get instantly clear skin. Um, but yeah, let's keep this intro short because I have heard that you have a little breakout emergency and I'm of course here to help. Today, we will continue our The Acne Diaries series by diving into some of my favorite underrated immediate treatments for inflamed surface as well as under the surface you know cystic pimples that a you probably haven't heard of or tried before b they're safety proof by my dermatologist in Gangnam. so we will venture today a bit into the diy territory but it's single ingredients it's very safe things. So nothing where you're doing a concoction of things that could potentially harm your skin. So you don't have to worry about that. And see treatments that you probably, some of them you might even have at home or they're really affordable. And then D, we will also look at um, some of the treatments that my dermatologist recommends that you can do in clinic. If you don't have the budget for that, don't worry. You can put them on the list for the future that you know, if you have, especially the pimples under the skin, you know what to ask for when you're at the dermatologist and you want not prescription medication. Um, that's not what we're going to talk about today, but this is about things you can do right away. Prescription medication for acne, they're of course an option, um, but they're not an immediate treatment. Um, if you are currently seeing a dermatologist, um, please you know, make sure that whatever you're trying out with your skin, this doesn't go for the things we're talking about today, but always um, make sure that they're okay. If you're trying something new, if you're introducing a new product, it's just always safer to talk with them, especially if you're, you know, taking um, oral or topical medication. But yeah, that just as a little disclaimer and as an introduction, Anyway, we don't have any time to lose because we want to treat your breakout gently, but ASAP. So let's roll our transition. Oh my gosh. So let's roll our transition music. <laughs> so first of all, you might be wondering, Lisa, why don't you just give us, or maybe you're not wondering, but in case you're wondering, Lisa, why don't you just give us a list, you know, with product names that are over-the-counter acne treatments? What's wrong with that? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is that if you're a listener and you have experienced acne, chances are very high that you know the majority of treatments that are over the counter and that are on the market. And to be honest, as someone myself who has struggled with a lot of acne, I ended up spending a lot of money on acne treatments, the majority of which 
don't really work, especially when we look at over the counter. Or I would see them recommended by an influencer or a person online, and then I would be disappointed because, after all, it did not give me the desired effect. I will talk about one product later that is an over the counter product. I have a full episode on that product because that's one that my dermatologist recommended to me. But to be honest, I think the products that typically give you the best effect, if, if, like effect in terms of a product is usually the ones that your dermatologist will recommend to you. Today, again, we will not talk about these, but it's especially because you know, not everybody, it's kind of a privilege, I always think, to be able to go to a dermatologist. I think in the grand scheme of things, there are a lot of us, you know, maybe we're not in the financial situation where we can currently afford to go to a dermatologist or there are insurance problems. So that's why today I will not talk about these, but it will be treatments that my dermatologist has passed on to me as like, when you're at home and there's urgency to treat something, do that. And the second point that I would like to make with kind of like acne treatments when we look at Western dermatology, um, if you have acne prone sensitive skin like me, um, some of those might not have been keepers for you. Um, I, For me personally, again, it's different for every single one. If these products or if these ingredients have worked well for you, amazing continue using them um but i know it's not just me i know it's a lot of people who have acne prone sensitive skin it's really hard to tolerate products that are formulated with high amounts of salicylic acid and benzoyl salicylic acid and benzoyl peroxide that have over-the-counter permitted um, amounts of these ingredients in there because for me personally they would never really do anything for me um they kind of would um, irritate the surface of my skin. So sometimes the acne would go away, but then my, my, my moisture barrier was so compromised from these harsh actives that then it would kind of like trigger this endless cycle of more and more breakouts. Um, so today the treatments that we will talk about, I categorize them in two major groups. First, we have the surface pimples, and there I kind of like categorize all of them, um, namely inflamed white hats, papules, and pustules. So anything that you can kind of treat on the surface, something where you see something is on the surface. And then the second um, bucket of breakouts I defined as um, under the surface pimples. And these would be like nodules or cysts. So anything that's under the skin and it's not coming to a head and you're like, what the hell do I even do with those? So I used to struggle with those. Let's jump right in and let's talk about surface pimples first. So those are usually the ones that will respond to topical treatments which is amazing. And again, if you already have an acne treatment, absolutely go for it. I will talk about three things that are in the area of DIY, but again, this is not mixing anything. These are single ingredients that my dermatologist um, swears by. And a lot of them you might already have at home. And then I will just briefly mention the one treatment um, for acne that he recommended to me before. We will move on to the even more painful pimples. And um, also, I forgot to mention in the beginning, if you're experiencing a breakout currently, just know that you're not alone. Um, a lot of people who don't struggle with acne, they don't know how severe and how isolating it can be. So I just wanted to, you know, leave you with a word of kindness and tell you that your value doesn't depend on the, you know, the condition of your skin and things will get better. And, um, you know, eventually, 
you will get to a point where you will feel comfortable in your skin and where your skin is, you know, healthy. And yeah, I just wanted to leave this here because, you know, yeah, I think this whole connection between acne and mental health and feeling well mm, is not really talked about. And I feel like I should make a whole episode about it because I think most of the time it is still, even though acne is one of the most common skin conditions globally, really, um, I think for a lot of people, it's still kind of like something where it's like an outer appearance thing, but it has so many levels and it really influences how we feel about ourselves. So let me give you one of my holy grails that my dermatologist um, gave to me. And I just want to give as a preface, my I go to different dermatologists in Seoul, um, but they're all very picky very picky and generally very much against DIYs, especially when you take different ingredients and you make a concoction. You know, again, maybe that works for you, but most dermatologists will be very careful about what they recommend to you. But the one thing that he swears by, and I will give you his exact step-by-step of how he would like to do it because he was very much... um, (laughs) Uh, you know, on the page of saying you either do it this way or you don't do it at all because you have to be very careful to not introduce any um, bacteria or inflammation into your skin. So the first thing is green tea and specifically organic green tea. So one that doesn't have any pesticides that wasn't treated with any pesticides and one that is not loose leaf, but packaged in a tea bag. So I remember when I first tried it, I was like, well, you know, I I know green tea is amazing. We all know it from Korean skincare. It's, you know, a classic ingredient that we see in pretty much anything from serums to moisturizers to, yeah, you know, sheet masks, um, anything you can imagine, really toners. But I remember I was really surprised how well it calmed down my redness when I had a breakout and just how healing it was. Um, very impressive to me. So in K-Beauty, usually, um, green tea is used because it has a lot of antibacterial benefits and it's not just like it is also used for like for acne and for dermatitis because it's very soothing and it really functions as an anti-inflammatory for anything that's like inflamed or just not you know in in a healed state in your skin so the way my dermatologist taught me to do this is really a step-by-step guide so step number one would be first of all he told me to please opt for organic green tea that's in a tea bag right that's simple you might already have that at home um step number two is he's he told me to boil water to 100 degrees and then thoroughly with that hot water rinse a small mug with it so you want to make sure that you know hot water has kind of like cleansing qualities so you want to make sure that um, it doesn't have to be a mug. It could also just be a small container, but make sure that that container is uh, sterilized and clean. Step number three, according to him, would be to let the water that you've just boiled 
um and you know if you have leftover water that's what he meant so the leftover water let it cool down to 60 degrees and then you take the tea bag and you steep it in this little mug or in the container for five minutes step number four would be to let the tea bag cool down until it's not hot you don't want to put anything hot on your skin but lukewarm and then to apply it to your breakout area for 10 minutes he of course he was very careful and he said please make sure that the bag does not rip that there is nothing of the leaf directly touching your skin you just want to be careful and then in the fifth and last step he said to discard the tea bag and to not reuse it um he was saying some of his patients they would use it and then you know let it lay around for a while and then reuse it again he was like no you don't want to introduce you don't want to have you know just like the potential of any bacteria being introduced to the to the lesion area so yeah that was his first advice and as simple as it may sound i you know i just loved it because a lot of people we already have green tea at home you know it's, it's like a classic tea to have and maybe you even have organic green tea at home for me it's it it didn't just help super effectively to calm down the redness better than some over-the-counter acne treatments and there was no irritation whatsoever but it also had this amazing thing of the sensation because i feel with a lot of acne treatments that you know you buy and you kind of like on a whim you think oh you know maybe this will help me and you haven't been advised to you know buy specifically this treatment for your type of acne um usually put it on and i feel in a lot of cases it doesn't feel really pleasant what i really enjoy about the green tea tea bag method is that the slight warmness it's so pleasant on the skin and the warmth also helps draw out any pus or any discharge that you might have from that pimple all right so let's move on to point number two which is also one of my favorites and it actually connects back to my roots because the brand my dermatologist recommended to me in the in the next step we will talk about or in the next um you know treatment option we will talk about it actually comes from germany and i remember when he told me i was like what i know this i grew up with it my mom had it at home you know but um she used it for her hair and nails so let's get back after a quick transition break <music> Let's have a look at this kind of mysterious ingredient that not a lot of people know that my dermatologist recommended to me. It's kind of like, you know, another way to treat a breakout at home. Um, and again, you know, for these DIYs, I know in the beginning I said, oh, you know, we're going to be venturing into DIY territory. I almost don't consider this DIY because, you know, just, just again to underline, all of these are just one ingredient things. That my dermatologist approves as safe but let's talk about silica gel silica gel if you have never seen it before um i i kind of grew up with it my mom like i said she always had it at home it's a clear gel but i have it linked in the in the show notes as usual the brand that my dermatologist and soul recommended to me it's by a brand called hymna and when he mentioned it um I was like, this is, you know, kind of incredible because this is exactly the stuff that my mom used to use um, back when I grew up. I want to dive a bit deeper and give you the science behind it because as we know, dermatologists wouldn't recommend just anything. Please keep in mind that I have um, 
worked scientifically, but I'm not a doctor. So of course, I will try to explain it as best as I can. And I also have two studies that we'll have a look at. So yeah, let's see, what is this all about? First of all, what is silica? I took this definition from a source that I, I don't 100% agree with, but with the majority of things that they have on there, I think is a great resource. And that is Paula's Choice um, Ingredient Dictionary. You probably know Paula's Choice. If you don't, it's a skincare brand originally from the United States. They have a lot of really great products. They do a lot of research themselves too. And the Ingredient Dictionary can be really helpful if you are looking for a trusted source to kind of like define something me saying I don't completely agree with it is that I sometimes feel that ingredients can be a bit demonized according to this dictionary but again in 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 the sense of like being clean versus being not clean but for the majority of cases it's a very helpful source that explains ingredients in a way that regular people like you and I can understand them easily so and I quote according to Paula Choice dictionary Silica is a mineral, mineral, wow, is a mineral found abundantly in sandstone, clay, and granite, as well as in parts of plants and animals. Silica has also can also be produced synthetically with both forms routinely used as an absorbent powder and thickening agent in cosmetics. So it is something that you might have come across already without knowing what it is or, you know, without paying special attention to it. Certain forms, and I continue the quote, according to Paula's choice, certain forms of silica can improve even distribution of pigments in cosmetics and prevent them from setting in makeup, ensuring smooth, even application. Silica can also improve, and I found that to be really interesting because um, that I also didn't know. Silica can also improve the protective ability of the mineral sunscreen ingredient, titanium dioxide. So if you're like me and you majorly use mineral sunscreens you definitely have come across this spf um ingredient called titanium dioxide and silica kind of works in um symbiosis with it with, which i which i found to be fascinating so if we look at kind of like the forms that silica can have it can take various forms and the the version or the form that my dermatologist recommended to use it for acne again not to ingest it but at a um as an application directly onto your skin is a clear gel because i'm saying this because obviously not obviously but you can also buy silica in tablet form or in powder form but he was talking about it as the gel version Let's look at two studies because I found them to be quite interesting. You know, as I said, I always try to give you reliable information and I want I wanted it to go a bit deeper. I didn't just want to say, oh yeah, so this is what my dermatologist recommended. So the first study that I found was a small double blind 1996 study. So it's a bit further in the past, but still science is science, that was published in the Journal of International Medical Research. And the title of it, of the study, if you haven't worked scientifically yet, every, every study usually um, has a title, right? The title of this study is called The Effect of Silicone Gel Compared to Compared with Placebo on Papiopostular Acne and Sebum Production. So Silicol, um, if you're like, why did 
Lisa not say silica? Why did she say silicone? Silicone is kind of like the version. I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in the U.S. and she and another friend who lives in the U.K. and they both know silicone. So silicone is um, just a brand name for a silica gel. Hypna, that's the German version of the silica gel. So don't be confused. It's the same ingredient. It's the clear gel version of silica. So I want to quote um, kind of like an interesting finding from that study because um, I use this gel when I have active acne. And what I really love about it before I get into the study and then quoting the other one, what I really love about this gel and what my dermatologist also appreciated about it is that you can store it in the fridge um, and it kind of like because it's a gel, it becomes really cold. So equally to what I find really interesting, and I'm just realizing as I'm recording it, is that we had an episode earlier, and I don't remember which one. I think it's the seventh episode. Um, but if you want to go back and listen to it, it's um, it's the one about um, skin temperature and K beauty, and about Songjia and how to treat um, how to treat that, and. In that episode, I was talking a lot about how skin temperature has a huge, huge um, just standing in Korean dermatology. So when your skin, just to summarize it quickly, when your skin exceeds a certain temperature, then you're more prone to breakouts and, and all of these very undesirable um, things. And I was just thinking how it's interesting that, you know, not all of the methods that my dermatologist was recommending for treating um, breakouts, but to kind of like play with temperature. So we have the green tea tea bags that are kind of lukewarm to pull out the inflammation that you have in your skin that comes along with it with an acne breakout but then we also have kind of the opposite of it because usually when we have acne we're trying to calm it down and cooling can be very helpful to kind of like calm down redness and calm down inflammation but this gel um, he uses it majorly straight out of the fridge where it's really cold. And what I've noticed is that not only does um, this mineral silica itself work wonders on inflammation and especially in calming them down very fast, but also the coldness of it helps. So it's, a, it's kind of like a beautiful combination. You kind of like have a very, very gentle treatment that never irritated my skin so far. Combined with, you know, the temperature theory that dermatologists in Korea really, you know, are huge fans of. But let's look at this study. So according to the study that I was just citing, and I quote, it says the findings of the study. So um, I don't know how familiar you are with research, but, you know, typically with every study you have certain findings, right? So in the study, one of the findings, one of the many findings, I don't want to bore you with the whole study, but one of the findings was, and I quote, the mean sebum index was 193 at baseline and 88 after six weeks. So meaning that in the beginning of the study, the participants had a sebum index of 193, and that was lowered in only six weeks to 88. And another finding that I would like to quote from the study is, in the active group, the number of comedones decreased from a mean of 48.5 to, drum roll, 15.1 after six weeks of treatment. So again, the participants started at around 49 roughly, and then they ended up at 15 
of um you know the number of comedones that they had the number of pimples which i thought was really impressive and you're probably wondering okay but how how did they apply it in that study and that leads us to the second tip from a dermatologist so he was saying you can on one hand, use the silica gel as a spot treatment, but you can also apply this gel as kind of like a mask. Because another great thing about it, according to him, and also according to my experience, is that the gel doesn't really dry out your skin. Obviously, when you apply it as a mask, don't leave it on. Uh, sorry, I always say obviously. So what my dermatologist was saying um, is if you apply it as a mask, it's kind of like a wash off mask, right? So you apply a thin layer, you lay down or, you know, you, you do something that's relaxing for you. And then you wash it off gently with lukewarm water after 10 minutes. And then you follow it up with an essence or your moisturizer. So definitely moisturize after. Um, but yeah, that was a thing where he was saying, so you can't just use it as a spot treatment, but you can also use it as a leave-on mask. And this is exactly how they used it in the study and how they kind of managed to not only use it as something that calms on inflammation instantly, but something that also has a long-term effect on your acne, which I thought was really interesting. And then another study that I would like to study hope that I would like to walk you guys through about is a 2001 study. We're going to take a quick transition break and then I'll be right back with more findings. This study was really interesting. Like I said, it's not as far, uh, not as far in the past as uh, the 90s study, but uh, the title of this one is called The Effects of Silicone Skin on Moderate to Severe Acne, UK Field Survey. So it just to give you a bit of a background information, this study was done by the Acne Support Group. And the authors here are Lassus et al., so Lassus et others. And it was published in a scientific magazine called Advances in Therapy. It's an international, open choice, and peer-reviewed, single-blind, rapid publication journal. So if, if you have a bit of experience like me when it comes to scientific research and to publishing, um, all these things will tell you that this study is something that we can rely on obviously as with all turf like with the majority of research um it is ongoing right so it's not that we can say oh this one 2001 study said it's amazing what the researchers of that study said that this whole field of silica and its relationship with acne and its effects on acne needs to be studied more so our study is not the only study that you know will prove that this is an amazing ingredient or that it's an ingredient that can be helpful for acne. I want to quote the study because I found the, the, the findings very interesting. And then after I will try my best to explain them. So to quote the study from 2001, it goes as follow, follows. This field survey assessed the effects of the natural trace element silico, silica, the active ingredient in silico skin. This is just another brand name of, you know, um, yeah, this mineral on moderate to severe acne. So here again, just to interrupt, it's interesting for me that both studies were looking at, you know, not just the surface acne, um, but forms of acne that are more painful. Moving on, continuing the quote, members of the acne support group use silicone skin for six weeks, completing identical questionnaires on the type and severity of acne before and after treatment. A statistically significant 86% percent 
overall improvement was reported, with most participants citing the chin as showing the greatest change. Interrupting this quote again, because I like to add something. So again, I'm not saying this study proves, you know, that silica is like the most amazing thing <laughs> since sliced bread, but we can definitely see that statistically significant um, observations have been, weighed, have, have been made in the study, which means that we can see that it's not just for one person like me, you know, I wanted to set these studies to show you that, oh, it's not just that, you know, I think it's amazing at my, and that my dermatologist recommended it to me, but it's a, you know, significant number of people who also um, could see that this was really good for the acne, that this was helpful for the acne. And especially I wanted to bring up this study because participants were talking about um, acne in their chin area. And if you struggle with acne, either in your chin or your cheek area, you like me, you also know that this is the area that is very stubborn and oftentimes very hard to treat. So I hope this gives you some hope. And just to wrap up um, this whole <laughs> this whole segment, uh, oops, this whole segment of silica, and to kind of like finish this quote from the study, um, let me quote for the last time, and it says, "Total disappearance of acne was noted in some locations, meaning some locations of your face. Results did not differ." Um, significantly between the group that used silica, silical gen alone and the group that added it to their prescribed oral medication. That I thought was also really interesting. So we can see that even let's just say if you're on some sort of medical treatment um, and you would like to add, um, you know, silica to your routine, um, there wasn't any adverse effects, so not any side effects noted. And people that were on medication for acne, they could still observe that silica was helping them. Obviously, one thing I would like to say, I think it goes, you know, kind of like without saying, um, always speak to you. If you are in treatment um, at a dermatologist's office and you are on acne medication, please always speak to your dermatologist. I know I, I already said this, but please be safe. Please kind of like ask them, hey, would this be okay if I incorporate it as a spot treatment or if I incorporate it as something to support my acne journey, my acne healing? And um, yeah, that's, that's the two studies that I would like to quote. I kind of like weaved into... Um, weaved into this whole segment how how I use it, how my dermatologist recommends um, using silica. And with that being said, I want to move to an ingredient that I'm pretty sure you've heard about. Again, it's it's a single use, in, not a single use, <laughs> it's um, a single form ingredient, so no crazy DIY. And then we're almost at the segment of the under the surface or severe pimples after a quick transition break. <laughs> Welcome everyone to today's Brand Spotlight. So for everyone who's a returning listener and you already know what the Brand Spotlight is, let me just onboard everyone who is new to the skin special. So the Brand Spotlight is the last segment of every episode and that's where I want to give a stage to mostly Korean-based brands that you know, often they don't have that much of a big marketing budget when it comes to marketing to global audiences outside of Korea. And that usually leads to them not being well known outside of Korea, which I always think is a shame because these brands often have amazing formulas. Sometimes they even do their own, you know, R&D, their own research and development. And 
the thing though is you know that these brands tend to not have the most polished instagram you know because mostly these are smaller brands that i that i talk about but i still you know want to use the space to give a voice to these brands and to also introduce your palette to something new um is that always the case you know sometimes the brands that we talk about in the brand spotlight they're skincare brands that have um beautiful you know absolutely beautiful instagram pages today's is still growing for sure but that's just an introduction of what the brand spotlight is all about i am very excited i know i always say this but i you know i mean i wouldn't present something i'm not excited about but especially today i'm really excited to introduce you all to a brand called amplin it actually is a daughter brand so they're owned by a bigger brand that is almost like a heritage brand in korea called koreana cosmetics it's spelled with a c so koreana cosmetics and they've been around for a long time in the world of skincare to be precise since 1988 and they say about themselves that they have over 35 years of experience when it comes to innovating with skincare formulas and especially developing patented ingredients which is always a big thing in the world of skincare if you have an ingredient that you can patent that is a great thing because then if someone else uses it you know they use your patent so let's dive into what is special about amplin why do i want to you know introduce them to you so i recently started using one of their products and before that i hadn't really heard about them because again you know a lot of um skincare shops that are based let's just say in america or in europe they typically don't stock amplin but they're an amazing brand and i have had such big success with one of their products i personally my skin personally i've tried like countless times my skin cannot tolerate retinol and amplin has a range that um works with peptides um to promote you know like anti not to promote anti-aging but it's an amazing anti-aging product um and that's how i got into them but let's talk a bit about generally the brand amplin like what are they all about so amplin they rely on a concept that they themselves call dermal ampulism so dermal from skin and ampulism from ample ampule and i would describe it best as building a very customized skincare routine that focuses on finding just the right ampule ampule that can treat your skin condition most effectively without you having like a thousand steps in your skincare routine interestingly uh, and that's what i was hinting at in the beginning of the brand spotlight is that their mother brand koreana cosmetics that you know they're owned by them they conduct their own r d which is their own research and development and they do have their own um kind of like center for that they founded it in 1995 it's called the koreana songpa r d center and get this currently this center holds over 500 domestic and foreign patents when it comes to skincare and cosmetic research so that to me was first of all really impressive but it also shows you that they work with other brands that for example are based in the states based in europe based just outside of korea in general so they have a lot of experience when it comes to that and then Amplin, you know, the brand that we're talking about, 
today, they have a very wide selection of ampules that each target a different skin concern. They do also have other products in general. For example, they do have toner pads, they have sheet masks, but what they're known for on the grounds in Korea really is that it really are their very effectively formulated ampules. One thing that obviously is always imp important when we talk about the brand spotlight is I try to feature different brands, some that have a very high price point, some that have a lower price point. Amplin has is just at the sweet spot. And in my opinion, they're very affordable and all I'll tell you why. So what is notable when you're kind of going through these ampules is just the sheer size and the affordability of them and the effectiveness. So it's like the best of everything. The product that I've been talking about earlier is called the Peptide Shot Ampule. And they have different sizes. They do have, you know, kind of like a smallish or like a regular um, size. Um, so if you don't want a large size to begin with, you can 100% get this. But honestly, their jumbo size, they call it the jumbo size, it only costs currently $20 and it is 100 milliliters. If you're like, <laughs> let me just give you a comparison because if you look at your ampule or your serum that you currently have in your vanity, the, the usual size is 30, if they're generous, 50 milliliters. And usually, you know, if you have a very high quality, effective serum or an ampule, you know, like, like you pay a lot, even for 50 milliliters and the $20 for a hundred, it is a huge ampule. Um, I started using it on my face, especially in my under eye area. It is um, targeted towards a wrinkle care and also brightening. I've also started using it on my hands and it is such a beautifully formulated product. I have seen improvement when it comes to fine lines, um, but also how um, kind of um, like bouncy my skin felt and there's zero irritation. Um, the this ampule specifically i will have it linked in the show notes as everything else <laughs> as like the brands like koreana all infos on the the mother brand koreana and then also all infos on um amplin but this specific product the peptide shot ampule that i will also have linked um it is formulated with three different kinds of peptides and i mean we've talked about peptides before they're a beautiful ingredient when it comes to doing something for your skin to you know make it look young or you know help it continue to look young and it also improves the skin elasticity and kind of like plums up the skin and that's exactly the the impression i had when i started using it they also um kind of like help the skin texture become more refined which is something i also can confirm and they do have a shirt a, a certain technology in it which is called the they call it the micro derma shot technology and this technology that they develop it promotes rapid and kind of like um, enhanced absorption of the active ingredients that they have in there. So it kind of like helps the peptides really, you know, be absorbed by your skin. They do have other ampules too, um, that kind of like they say are in their bestseller range. I haven't tried them yet, but they, for example, have the calming shot ampule. They have a ceramide shot ampule, which I think could be amazing for, um, barrier repair and barrier uh, care. For example, if you have a lot of, um, actives and you you're looking for something that can really help um, 
you know, get your barrier back to 100%, but the moisturizers or other creams that we that you have, they might not reach this level of repair that you would like. I think this one could be really worth checking out. And one last thing that when I found out, like I really dove deep into this brand as I always do, but I also wanted to more wanted to know a bit more about Koreana Cosmetics, the mother brand. And they also, um, so they don't just have this research center that I was, um, the R&D center that I was referring to earlier, but they also have what they call the Koreana Museum. It is kind of a cultural center. They have exhibitions there. They have talks there. Um, they also have something called a lab there that you can visit. And one thing that you might know them for, again, you know, they will also be linked in the show notes. One thing that they are known for that you might have seen on your TikTok or on your Instagram, it is called a an art project that is called the Toilet Project. The artist, um, her infos will also be down below, is called Shin Min Kyung. And she started this project and it's these giant soap blocks that look like um, that look like statues. And they look very real, but you can actually touch them with wet hands. So they are um, right next to the sink in um, the bathrooms. And when you touch them and you kind of like wrap your wrap your um, wet hands on them as you would with a piece of soap, um, like it's soap, but it looks really real. So it's a beautiful piece of art. The artist herself, she experimented a lot with... Um, soap making especially with kneading grinding it and then sculpting it into something and the technique that she uses for these artworks that um, are currently at the koreana cosmetics uh, at the koreana museum there she uses casting techniques so yeah there you have it i think it's a beautiful place to visit to visit it's also kind of like an unexpected place to visit i think when you're in seoul but yeah, everyone, um, I really hope that you enjoyed today's brand spotlight. I had so much fun preparing it. And as always, that brings us to the end of our beautiful episode. Just a gentle reminder again, if you would like to leave a review for the show, it really, really helps. If you're listening through Spotify, please make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can follow The Skin Special on TikTok, on Instagram. And I will see you next week. Until then, please take really good care of your skin. Bye. So this secret ingredient, again, it's a single ingredient. It's not, no crazy DIY where you have to mix certain things. You might have heard about, and you might even have it at home in your pantry, in your kitchen. And if not, your local grocery store will very likely have it. And it's Manuka honey. It's a certain type of honey and not just my dermatologist, but actually also a New York-based dermatologist by the name of Dr. Claire Cheng. She's board certified. Um, her, my dermatologist, and a bunch of other, you know, practitioners, they're in favor of Manuka honey. And I would love to have a look at a little bit, you know, dive into the research as to why that is. Why specifically Manuka honey? Manuka honey is actually, um, it has its name from the Manuka tree that grows in New Zealand and also in Australia. And the bees that feed from the flowers that grow on the tree when the tree blooms, that's um, where the honey gets its name from. Um, by the way, hello to our beautiful listeners from Australia. I can see in my analytics from time to time that our community there is growing. So hello, and I'm so happy that you're here. What is kind of like a characteristic of Manuka honey or why dermatologists um, 
suggested for acne is that it has really, really, really pertinent, really strong antibacterial properties. So most honey, um, when I did my research, most honey, it actually has antibacterial um, you know, properties. So it's not just Manuka honey, but honey in general, it's amazing for antibacterial functions. And most honey contains um, what is known like a component that's known as hydrogen peroxide. But what makes Manuka honey so special is that that certain variety of honey doesn't just contain hydrogen peroxide, but it also contains methyl glyoxyl. And I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Again, I'm not a native speaker of English. I'm doing my best. But according to, you know, what research shows have found so far is that the higher the concentration of methyl glyoxyl is, the higher the antibacterial function is. And that is the case of Manuka honey. And that's why it's kind of like the best of the best when we look at honey um, for skincare. And you might have even seen um, more and more Manuka honey products pop up. Um, when I did my research, I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I've seen a lot more essences that use Manuka honey as an ingredient. And it also has, like, it begins to make its way into the moisturizer, um, uh, you know, selection of different brands. So that's just as a, as a little side note. But aside from these, um, you know, antibacterial functions, there's, another very important point of manuka honey and that's why in my opinion or in my experience has made it amazing to treat my pimples because it draws moisture into your skin so most pimple treatments you know most acne treatments um a lot of the ones that you get over the counter they can be very irritating and if you have sensitive acne prone skin like myself, that then is kind of this endless cycle as we've talked about before of treatment, irritation, and another breakout. But according to Dr. Cheng, to quote her again, Manuka honey is a natural humectant due to its sugar component, meaning it helps draw in and retain moisture in the skin. And that's what makes honey not only an amazing treatment that you can use for your skin, but that's also one of the reasons why, um, you know, formulators love using honey as an ingredient in moisturizers as well as in emollients because it's very protective. So it treats and it protects your skin at the same time. I would love to walk you through um, three different application methods that my dermatologist has um, explained to me in the past. So the first, of course, as we've already mentioned, you can use it as a spot treatment. He suggested to use it twice daily, to have a bit of downtime in between, maybe do it once in the morning before you get ready, before you do your makeup, and then before you go to bed. Um, don't try not to sleep with it. Try to put it on and then take it off because, you know, of course it's sticky and you don't want to have it in your sheets. Um, what you can do is just to take a small dot, put it on, leave it on for 10 minutes and then take it off. Another beautiful way to use Manuka honey is to actually cover your whole face with it. Um, definitely lay down because it is a bit sticky and it is dripping, <laughs> like it can drip. But um, I've used it before as um, a mask and I've put it on usually for 10 to 15 minutes and then gently washing it off with lukewarm water. 
I didn't cleanse. I kind of, I not kind of, I did my cleanse before. Then I put on the mask and then I just washed it off with lukewarm water so that a bit of the residue was still on my skin. Once you wash it off with lukewarm water, it's not sticky anymore. And I've never had any issues that it clocks, you know, my pores because again, it's antibacterial. So I would not worry about that. And that's exactly how my dermatologist explained it to me, washing it off with lukewarm water after and then following it up with a moisturizer. But the third um, interesting application method that I was not even aware of and that my dermatologist explained to me is that you can use Manuka honey as a scar treatment because of the amount of hydrogen peroxide, one of the components that we've mentioned a couple of seconds ago. Honey is actually like researchers have found that it has, you know, not insane but very mild lightening properties so if you have hyperpigmentation or if you have acne scarring that could actually help lighten it over time obviously you know it's not like a miracle drug you're not going to put it on and then the next day your scars will be gone but it for sure is you know an, an additional thing that you can use as a support method one disclaimer one you know word of caution that I would like to give to everyone listening. Um, and it's kind of self-explanatory, but you know, I always say, let's for sure be <laughs> better safe than sorry. And that is if you're allergic to bees, um, definitely don't use Manuka honey. It doesn't have to be, but there is a risk of allergic reaction. And also if um, like technically speaking, um, even the application of honey, um, could increase the risk of you know your blood sugar you know spiking so if you if your family or if you have a history of you know diabetes um don't just proceed with caution but talk to your um, physician talk to your doctor before and see if they consider it safe that you apply it as a spot treatment or as a mask um I was thinking, I don't think we'll take another break. Let me walk you through um, kind of like the last treatment option, my last secret weapon or my dermatologist's last secret weapon for on the surface pimples. Then we'll take a quick break and then we look at under the surface pimples. So I've um, talked about it a couple, you know, towards the beginning of the episode that there actually is one um, non-prescription treatment that my dermatologist was recommending and I have a full episode on it. It's episode six actually. And I'm just going to talk about it briefly, but I would def would recommend go back and listen to episode six because it is all about an acne treatment that in Korea on the grounds you can buy over the counter and it's called Acnon, like acne and then not like, you know, no acne. Um, let me walk you through why my dermatologist and I love it. So. Point number one, it just does the job. It's really effective and it's gentle. It's kind of like a cream, you know, like most of your acne treatments, you know, it's it's just a cream, nothing fancy in that. But what I've experienced is that not with under the surface pimples, but with pimples that are on, you know, the surface, I can see them, I can treat them. They, they are responsive to treatments. They have disappeared overnight and I didn't feel any irritation whatsoever even if I used the treatments multiple nights in a row because I don't know if you've been there before if you for example use a benzoyl peroxide based acne treatment for my sensitive skin the maximum amount that I could use it was um 
two nights in a row and then my skin would get really irritated point number two why i love Acmon is the price point in korea currently it retails around 15 to 20 dollars and you really only need a tiny amount so it's going to last you a long long time it's also if you're in korea again um, listen to the full episode in episode six i explain why it is kind of hard to get it outside of korea if you travel to seoul if you travel to anywhere else in the country stock up on it that's my that's my best solution in the episode six um we don't have time for it right now but if you're interested in episode six i also explain a method how you can get your hands on this treatment if you're not like if you don't live in korea or if you don't have any access to visiting there but what i love about it is that it's really um at least in korea is really available it's over the counter you don't need a prescription and almost every pharmacy has it and then the last point, point number four of why it is amazing is, you know, just the longevity. You need a tiny amount, like tinier than a pea-sized amount. And um, yeah, it just lasts you a really long time. The main ingredient of um, Acnon is actually an anti-inflammatory ibuprofen picanol and isopropyl methylphenol. And they both stop the growth of acne bacteria and the contents of both of those ingredients, they're about three times higher compared to other acne medication. Ibuprofen picophenol is actually an, like that's um, responsible for the anti-inflammatory effect and it inhibits the lipolytic enzyme of acne bacillus. It contains 30 milligrams per one gram. And then the other component of acnon, the isopropyl methylphenol, that is responsible for antibacterial activity and it specifically inhibits the growth of acne bacilli bacilli excuse me and it contains 10 milligrams per one gram so that's just you know a little fast rundown of that cream that i think in my opinion it is you know and also in the opinion of my dermatologist um is you know one of the best treatments for on the surface pimples let's take a quick break and then we're looking at let me go through my notes we're looking at three possible options for um, under the skin uh, acne treatment in a second okay let's get into the nitty-gritty of what do you do if you have a breakout and it is cystic in nature meaning that it is under your skin you cannot squeeze it out it's painful it's itchy first of all if you have experienced that in the past or God forbid, if you are experiencing it right now, um, I'm with you. You're not alone and things will get better. And I'm very sorry because I know how painful and how debilitating it is. But let's look at certain treatment things that we can do because, you know, there is hope <laughs> and you don't have to endure the pain. Um so let's look at it. I have ranked, um, today I picked um, three different treatment options. Obviously there's more, but this episode is already getting really long. And I wanted to give you a good mix of treatments that are super, super accessible. So ones that you already have in your fridge, one that you can order and that has a medium high price point. And then one that if you have um, access to a dermatologist and if you have the means to go to a dermatologist, then I have one option that is on the higher price price point, but very, very effective. But for that, you would need to see um, a dermatologist. And I know not everybody has access to that. So I try to get a good mix in. And um, yeah, that's just as a little preface. The first one is one that 
you have probably tried, but I still want to give you the rundown of how my dermatologist exactly um, taught me how to do it. And that is cooling pads, cooling packs, cooling um, your, you know, under the skin breakout can be, can feel not only really healing, but it can speed up the healing process. Or even if you do it at an early stage of the inflammation, help you so that you know, the pimple doesn't even get as bad. So the way that my dermatologist taught me how to do it is to have an interval approach. So he was describing it as you do five minutes as mobile cooling, which means you don't hold it too tight to the inflamed area, but you kind of tip it to like you um, touch it to it and then you take it off, you know, three seconds touching three seconds off because you don't want to irritate the skin and you kind of don't want to get a cold burn. That's how he was describing it. After these five minutes of mobile cooling, he taught me how he, he told me to do a 10 minute break and then repeat the circle for about four times. A very important thing that um, is to use soft ice packs. So kind of like use the ones that you can squish a little bit. When you take them out of the freezer, let them soften up because you don't want to put something on the area that's hard. And then he was also saying that um, to be very careful and to wrap the cooling pad in a clean cloth or to put paper around it. So anything that you don't have the immediate, you know, harsh cold on your skin, even if that might feel like a relief, be very careful with that. So that's something that you might have in your fridge, you might have in your fridge, in your freezer at home. Um, you know, now you have an instruction how to do it safely, but Let's move on because I'm pretty sure that if you have cystic acne, if you have, you know, hormonal acne, you're like, Lisa, I've tried this before. This is not the stuff that, you know, heals it. And you are right. So this is kind of just, you treat the symptoms. Let's look at something that my dermatologist deems um, a great treatment for at home. I've linked it um, in our show notes. I've linked just one option of Amazon. Again, this is not sponsored <laughs> as always. It's one option that you can buy currently on Amazon. There are a whole bunch of other options. But um, if you're looking for it, my dermatologist actually calls it the Zit Zapper. And it is high frequency ones. The treatment might sound very high tech, but actually it is a fairly simple process if I would describe it. It's um it, it looks like it looks like um how would I describe it? It looks a little bit for those of you who listen in and you don't want to, you know, click on the link right now. It kind of looks like a curling iron, you know, like a like a hair straightener, but a bit more spacey. <laughs> um the treatment actually uses low level electrical current to kill the bacteria that cause acne on the skin. It also is amazing at decreasing inflammation, improving circulation, which is also important if you have these deep under the skin breakouts under your skin. And it even helps you tackle and treat hyperpigmentation. High frequency is actually a therapy when I did my research. I found that high frequency is a technique that like it uses very targeted thermal energy to treat, you know, the whole range, um, a, a whole array of things, not just acne, but you can also target fine lines, wrinkles, even enlarged pores and um, under eye circles. Be very careful around your eyes and even cellulite. Um, what is very 
like what I think is really effective around it is that the um, the the acne causing bacteria's worst nightmare is um, oxygen, right? And that is used to kill the you know the things that kind of cause um, acne, especially the deeper ones. And um, there are actually um, two. When I did my research, I found that there are actually two kinds of high frequency electrodes. There is argon gas and there's neon gas. And according to dermatologists, argon gas is violet. And that's specifically the one that is amazing for acne and for oily skin. And then neon gas is better for anti-aging benefits. So if you're looking for, you know, your high frequency one, um, look at the description and see if there's, um, you know, detailed description of what kind of gas is used in that high frequency one. So if you want to treat acne again, you should go for the argon gas slash the violet um, variety. A beautiful thing why my dermatologist is very, you know, a big fan of high frequency ones is, um, first of all, it's a safe way to get acne bacteria. So you're not squeezing, you're not being aggressive with your skin, but you're using something that targets under the skin issues, not just, you know, stuff that's, that's on the surface. It's also amazing at, um, you know, helping with the inflammation. And especially when you catch it on early, um, you will find multiple videos on TikTok where people have amazing success stories where they kind of catch a cystic breakouts in the beginning, stay treated with high frequency, and it never even gets as bad as they are, um, you know, as they have experienced it in the past. Um, I remember when I discovered it for the first time, I was like, why are not more people talking about it? Um, yeah, I, I thought that was amazing. And then my dermatologist said, yeah, it's just not, you know, it's getting more popular, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's still growing in popularity, um, the high frequency approach to acne. It, um, yeah, it also, um, Let's look a little bit at kind of like the steps because my dermatologist said he's always, you know, careful to recommend it to people who have, a, you know, a history to be a bit of like to be harsh with their skin. And that's why when he suggests it to his patients, he lines out a very clear step-by-step -step guide. You know, if, if you can see a pattern here of like all the things I've described, you're like, hmm, everything has steps. That's how my dermatologist always, you know, teaches me to do things so that I don't, you know, that there's like zero to no chance of causing any irritation. So step number one of how to use a high frequency wand is number one, thoroughly wash um, and dry your face and then apply your favorite serum. It doesn't matter which, maybe don't use a serum that has harsh actives, maybe like that will be my recommendation and that's how I adapted it for myself. So I don't go in with a vitamin C serum, but I just use a very moisturizer, moisturizing serum. If I don't want to use a serum, I you can also use your moisturizer. Step number two is all these high frequency ones, they have a dial. So turn up the dial until when you touch the one to your skin, you feel a slight like sensation. It's almost like a tingle. One thing to keep in mind is don't turn it up full volume um, ever, I would say. Do it to medium, do it to a bit higher, but don't go full force. It's your skin, be gentle with it. This whole treatment, my dermatologist said, it should never, ever, ever be painful. You can feel a tingle, you can feel a sensation, but never should it 
should it hurt in any way. And then the third step should be to move the wand over the acne lesions, kind of like in a circular motion. So touch it to your skin, move it in a circular motion, and kind of like go through each area for no more than three minutes. That was his recommendation. You can say there's, a, he can, he said that there's another way to treat it. And mm, in dermatology, people refer to it as kind of like the sparking method where um, you kind of like, then that's why you call it the zip zap, the zit zapper. You kind of like touch it to your skin in a fast motion. And it almost is like a spark, but again, it doesn't hurt. Um, and he, he was saying he kind of like he, and, and that's how I've been doing it. And I really like it is to alternate between the spark method and the circular motion method. Yeah, y'all, I think we should take a quick break. And then we have one last thing. And that's the dermatologist treatment that, you know, you have to do in clinic. But first of all, a bit of transition music. <laughs> everybody we have reached the last step you made it and then please please listen until the end because we have an amazing brand spotlight today as always i know i always say this but today i put an especially big amount of love into the brand spotlight so please listen to the <laughs> listen to it at the end but let's talk about the last treatment option that um is definitely the priciest but also the most effective as you've already seen there are you know i kind of listed more treatment option when it comes to the on the surface pimples and and, you know, the nature for that is just that I don't want to give you a whole bunch of things, you know, that you pay money for and that, you know, it's just not effective for under the surface pimples. And that's why I was very selective. And, you know, I presented three things um, that I think are, you know, meaningful and helpful. Um, you probably, if you struggle with this type of acne, you probably have made or have had the experience that it's challenging to treat and it can be super frustrating so the last treatment option bookmark it get back to your take a note write it down in case you don't have the funds right now to go see a dermatologist i have been there i know it can be you know especially frustrating if you're looking for something and then you know someone on a podcast tells you that oh you know there is this great thing but um you have to go see a dermatologist for it. But I actually have good news because what I'm like the treatment option that I'm about to tell you that I've done at my dermatologist clinic, um, some in some countries, like I cannot speak for all the countries, especially as all you beautiful listeners are from so many different countries, but in some countries, insurances cover it. If you have, you know, acne and if your dermatologist says you know kind of like diagnoses you you know as oh you have severe acne then some insurances cover the cost for this treatment and that treatment is cortisone injections so cortisone cortisone when you do this treatment when you go in clinic it is actually injected with a needle so if you you know are afraid of needles um, i know this can be an issue but again this treatment is um one of you know, the most effective things that I have done. So it is actually injected directly into the area or, you know, into the pimple, sometimes directly into it. Sometimes in the past, they've also done it um, a little bit right, right next to it. And um, it starts immediately to reduce the inflammation. Um, 
So um, it can take up to 24 hours, but you notice that the blemish, like it's beginning almost like to soft to soften. If it is, you know, one of, you know, the big terrible ones, and it definitely starts to become flatter and it also starts shrinking. Um, they don't always completely disappear, but um, they are definitely so much better to cover and they heal within a week. And if you've had one of these bad boys in the past, you know that they can last for months, for months. So cortisone injections, I've had really good experiences with them in the past. I've also had the like the, the fact that back in Germany, a lot of dermatologists did not give me cortisone injections. They did not. They... Um, they had other treatment options that were really hideous. And I should talk about this in a future episode. But I once had um, a cystic pimple that got so bad that the tissue underneath got, um, you know, permanently inflamed. And I was begging for a cortisone injection back then. Um, be, because, you know, it was friends of mine who work as dermatologists in the States, for example, in the US, they were saying, oh my God, like ask for that. I remember, I think at the time I asked at 15 different dermatologist cl clinics, none would administer this. Um, so then they, they, they just cut out, they cut out the inflamed tissue and I have a permanent scar from that. So um, if I could go back, I would call even more offices back then. I was just exhausted and I would definitely try to get the cortisone shot. There is a risk, um, you know, as with everything, as with every treatment, I will get into it in a second, but so much better. Like the risk is so much, you know, uh, like I would always go for that risk as opposed to having a permanent scar. So that's just as, as a bit of a backstory. Um, what I also love about cortisone shots is that they reduce the pain and they kind of reduce this like itchy, super uncomfortable feeling. The redness fades so much faster. And what I've also noticed in the past is that the healing time is almost like sped up. It's amazing. And another thing, of course, is that your risk of having permanent scarring is so much less. Let's look at kind of like the risks that they are, you know, attached my dermatologist when I did it for the first time at his clinic um, in Gangnam. He also communicated that very clearly with me. He was saying that um, these injections, like they're not a therapy. He was saying it's an emergency kind of a use and they shouldn't be like a regular, you know, acne treatment, if you will. Um, it's almost like, um, you know, like you should be really careful um, that you don't fall into the habit of at some point, this is kind of like your regular acne treatment. And they were saying that when you go for cortisone, you know, uh, injections, be very careful who you go to. So it should be a dermatologist who doesn't just know how to do it, but who does it on a regular basis, because they were saying um, when I did my research and also what my dermatologist told me, um, the amount of cortisone that is injected is very important. And, you know, a lot of that he was saying, well, just 
it just comes down to experience like how much experience does the dermatologist have with you know administering um that like not just administering cortisone but administering cortisone for um you know for acne for cystic you know deep breakouts because he was saying if too much is it is administered is administered i'm sorry it can actually lead to leaving like a pitted scar he was saying the risk for that is low because he was saying on average um you know dermatologists tend to be careful with how much they administer but that's just something to keep in mind um you know something to just like empower you in your search for you know a dermatologist that you know that can help you with the cortisone injections is to choose someone who has you know a lot of experience with doing that yeah everyone i um want to say that the good news is again that a lot of health insurances have beginning to cover this um if you are uninsured, um, I found some numbers for um, the United States. Again, you know, unfortunately, I cannot find numbers for every country, but um, the numbers that I found that were very transparent were um, in the United States. Um, every office charges differently, but um, the numbers for last year for 2022 were per injections were from, you know, depending, of course, on the area that you are trading, but it averaged between 50 to a hundred dollars. Um, you know, I, I also found it in like the $75 range, but that is per shot. Um, yeah. Um, I, um, I do want to say that I like from personal experience, I think this is, um, a very very worthwhile treating option um and just something that really can bring you relief and really can help you to heal it faster um i do want to say another disclaimer um and that is that um you know my dermatologist was saying it doesn't always happen but he was saying um tell this to your listeners because um in very rare occasions, um, the area where you administer cortisone as an injection, it can be that your skin becomes a little lighter. If you have, you know, very light skin like me, that might not be an issue for you. But um, what cortisone does, he was explaining, is that it kind of um, inhibits the production of pigment. So he was saying, um, be careful um, if you have if your skin tone if your skin tone leans a little more to the darker side, um, because you know you you don't you know you like obviously you don't want to have you know your cortisone injection and then you know a couple months later you're seeing that your skin in that area has lightened. Um, you know, again, in, in, in my case, it was helpful, but you know, I have really light skin to begin with. And he was saying that that's something that he's always very careful. If he has patients come in that, that lean a bit towards the lighter, um, skin tone, uh, the darker skin tone, he was saying he still administers cortisone ejections, but that he's sometimes just a bit more careful, um, when it comes to the amount of, um, you know, cortisone that he is injecting. Um, but yeah, he was saying it's um, very rare cases, but that that's just something um, to be aware of and something, you know, that, you know, you might also want to take into consideration when you're looking for a dermatologist who can treat that. Everyone, this 
this whole episode got so much longer than I expected. I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a nice light episode. And now it's, you know, one of the hour long ones. But in the past, y'all have really enjoyed the longer episodes. Um, so I really hope that this was helpful. If you have any questions, if you have any wishes for future episodes that you would like to see, you can send in a voice a voice message to the show. Um, simply go towards the very end of the show notes. And there it will tell you, at least on Spotify, that you can send in a voice note. But you can also dm me on instagram we have a new baby instagram but i will also give another shout out in the brand um spotlight that we will do now so um yeah thank you for listening thank you for being with me up until now and please stay please stay on for the brand spotlight it will be worth it we will introduce a really cool brand yeah,